0: My pilot was sent spinning and spiraling further down the interstate for another quarter to a half a mile before crossing over a lane of traffic and slamming into a fence and tree along the I-10 West service road, still upside down.
1: At 15 years old, I actually wrote a letter to General Motors talking about how roof crush strength needed to be improved in vehicles.
2: The pride and the sense of pride that we have in, in, in Ohio at the R&D Center with our, our engineers is, is through the roof and it's something that really epitomizes why we do what we do.
3: Welcome to Honda Stories. This is the podcast that takes you behind the scenes to hear about some of the most exciting things Honda has been a part of over the last 60 years. So join me, Bradley Hasemeyer, and let's hear about the stories behind the Honda Badge. Hey there, guys, and welcome to the show. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about safety. Now, I know, I know, that doesn't sound like the most exciting topic, but stick with us. I promise you, we have some awesome stories. We're going to hear the story about why an engineer has dedicated his life to safety for everyone, find out about the surprising source of inspiration for Honda's safety engineers, and hear a dramatic first-hand account of a crash where a Honda Pilot ends up on its roof and then it skids for half a mile and then the driver got out on his own. So we're gonna get things kick-started by visiting Honda's high-tech research development lab in Ohio where testing safety sounds a little like this. Woo. yes, that shocking sound is from an HRV. It's smashing into a concrete wall. It's going about 35 miles an hour. Now recently, I was lucky enough to have the chance to visit this impressive Center for Innovation, and I wanna give you a sense of this place. When you walk up to it, you don't really think anything necessarily fancy, but once you get inside, it's it's like walking into a, a superhero test lab. You've got multiple rooms, and there's these test facilities. You got these brilliant engineers in their lab coats, and they're they're measuring crashes. They've got clipboards. They're running computer simulations, and then you come around the corner, and there's literally a room just full of test dummies, just just sitting there waiting to do their part. Uh, Admittedly, that room was a little bit eerie. I I just kind of walked in, I waved, I thanked them for their contribution, and I moved on. Now, while I was there, I had the privilege of speaking with a whole bunch of Honda safety engineers, each of whom really has their own safety story and and a motivating factor for why they do what they do every single day. But the one that stuck out to me the most was from an engineer named Brian Hurt.
1: My name is Brian Hurt, and I work at Honda Research and Development. I've actually been at Honda for over 24 years and I'm responsible for North America safety strategy and technology planning. My responsibility really is to understand how people are hurt and killed in our cars. And then from that information, we try to figure out how to reduce those those fatalities, reduce those collisions. You know, a big part of it is just understanding the technology that we have in the future and trying to apply that technology to our vehicles as we move forward.
3: Yeah, exactly. And and Brian, I'm assuming you didn't always have intentions of becoming a safety engineer. Uh, so what made you decide to take this career path? I think
1: I always had this idea that vehicle safety needed to improve. At 15 years old, I actually wrote a letter to General Motors talking about how roof crush strength needed to be improved in vehicles. And of course, at the time, I didn't know it was called roof crush strength and I didn't know there was regulation for it. And I certainly didn't know that eventually that regulation would change and roof crush strength would be improved. What I did know is that three of my friends were just killed when the vehicle they were in rolled over and the roof crushed down on top of it. And you know, unfortunately, that's something that plays out too many times for a little over thirty-six thousand fatalities last year on US roadways. And so that's a huge, huge number of people that have to deal with that kind of loss. And I always talk about, you know, of course there's the tragic loss of that life, but the downstream effect of these accidents, these you know, these fatalities is just it's tremendous. You think about all the families and friends of, of that person, and you know, unfortunately. Through my experience, what I learned is that you never really get over that pain, you just learn to live with it. And those people that have to just kind of pick up the pieces and and move forward without that person, it's so tragic, And, and unfortunately it happens all too often. And So that's what led me to where I'm at today, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. And you met all the engineers in Ohio, they're so passionate about it. You can't get passionate about saving a life, you can't get passionate about anything.
3: Absolutely. Now, for those of us who aren't lucky enough to go to the R&D facility, I was overwhelmed when I walked in. It was lab coats and it was it was glass and concrete and there were all these separate rooms. You guys have a room just for dummies. You have a, a crash test room with a sled with a sound that is absolutely piercing. Walk us through kind of that whole lab.
1: Yeah, I wish everyone could go to our, our safety lab like you were able to experience. I mean, it's it's unbelievable just to change the tools that we have today that we didn't have 20 years ago. You know, the dummies are continuing to improve. We've got the new Thor dummy that we showed you. And that's really one of the most important tools that we've got to improve the crashworthiness and improve the restraint systems in our vehicles. You know, we showed you the sled room where we really are able to you know, optimize that restraint system, the seat belts, the airbags. And then finally, you got to go into the crash barrier where you got to see a, a car go into the wall. And you're right, it is one of the most violent things you will ever see. It's over in a blink of an eye, but it is is—it is so impactful to, to watch something like that. But what's remarkable is you also saw how that vehicle, we walked up to it and we opened up the door.
3: It's crazy. I was like, I was nervous even to get near it. And then you're just like, let me just open the door. I'm like, what? How in the world is the door still able to open? The frame didn't bend in on it. It didn't crumple it down. It was crazy. Yeah, it's
1: it's really amazing how these vehicles have improved and the crashworthiness performance is. It's really remarkable what we've been able to achieve as an industry over the past you know 20 years. Vehicles are so much safer today than they were in the past. And yeah, you think back to like. 1985 when my friends were killed it's like if they were in the modern automobile i really think they would have survived if they would have had their seatbelts on they would be here with us today but you know it's unfortunate they're not and all we can do is try to improve every day the performance of our vehicles so that that doesn't happen to anybody else
3: Now, Honda itself is really launching this campaign of safety for everyone. And, you know, a lot of times people think safety for everyone means, oh, either safety for me or everyone. Oh, that's everyone in my car. But you guys think way outside that to pedestrians, to bikers, to to people who are related to those accident victims. So talk a little bit about that concept of safety for everyone. I really
1: love this idea of safety for everyone, and it's kind of a North Star for us at Honda it's not just thinking about the occupants inside the vehicle, but it extends to the pedestrians using the roadways, right? It even extends to people in other vehicles. But to me, it's even more personal. Again, getting back to that tragedy that that I went through as a child, right? It extends even to those family members and those friends of people. Those are the people that have to Deal with that tragic loss. And so to me, safety for everyone even extends to them trying to protect them from going through that type of pain in the future.
3: And how do you guys multiply that out? I mean, how do you take that to the next step, this idea of safety for everyone?
1: The next step is really the active safety systems. And those are the safety systems that we can identify a pedestrian and we can apply the crash mitigation braking system early so that we don't hit that pedestrian. We can use that same type of system to reduce the collision speed and if you can reduce the collision speed it's you know even five or ten miles per hour it's a huge huge benefit when it comes to energy management and that's why it's very important as we move forward to not only improve the crashworthiness of our, of our vehicle but to improve these active safety systems they have to work together in conjunction and that's really going to be the future of crashworthiness or of vehicle safety is is that combination of active and, and passive safety systems. When we're talking about passive safety systems, we're really talking about the crashworthiness, And so passive safety, meaning the airbags, the, the seat belts, those types of things in the vehicle. And then when we talk about the, the active systems, the active systems are really the, the advanced safety systems that can help reduce speeds, the crash mitigation braking systems, the lane keep assist, the road departure mitigation, those types of things are what we talk about when we talk about the active safety systems.
3: And you actually brought up airbags. I remember being there and seeing the next generation of airbags. You guys have developed this new type of airbag that is kind of like a a catcher's mitt, right? So it kind of envelops the passenger and, and keeps them safe. Talk a little bit about that development and then what you guys did with that technology.
1: It's really an exciting technology because airbags really haven't changed that much over the past 20, 30 years. But this new airbag system, it's designed to better manage the lateral collision forces that can cause an occupant's head to rotate severely at very high velocity or to slide off conventional airbags and that really helps to decrease the chance of a serious injury. We co-developed this with one of our suppliers and you know again getting back to the idea of safety for everyone, we want to provide this technology to other manufacturers and so now other manufacturers can buy this from the airbag supplier. So If everybody starts applying this type of technology, it can really save a lot of lives out there.
3: So you guys have innovated and really invented, I would say, because it is so different, this new airbag. One of your other new technologies is rolling out on the Odyssey. It's kind of a rear seat reminder, but taking that to the next level, speak to that. Yeah,
1: so tragically, every year, dozens of of children die in vehicles in the United States from heat stroke illness. Last year, there were about 53 of these deaths recorded This year, there's about 24 of those. And one of the technologies that we're starting to apply to our vehicles is called a rear seat reminder. And it's intended to remind parents and caregivers to check for children and pets in the back seats before they leave their vehicles. We're first applying this to the 21 Odyssey. And the Odyssey will actually offer the world's first rear seat reminder system featuring an in-cabin camera. And it's the first Honda vehicle to apply the rear seat reminder. And what's really cool about this technology on the Odyssey is that on the Touring and Elite trims that utilize the cabin watch feature, we can use that cabin watch feature and we can display an image of the rear seats when the vehicle's turned off. And it sounds very simple, but so many of these tragic deaths are simply people forgetting the child in the backseat. And so that's why it's really important that we move forward with, with this type of technology. And by 2022, most of our vehicles will have this technology is standard.
3: Now, while I was there at the facility, I was touring all these rooms. I was seeing all those engineers working on all this new technology, like the backseat reminder that Brian Hurt was just talking about. But I came across something that really stuck out to me. It was uh, it was just a simple three-ring binder. I saw it sitting there. I was like, what's that? And, and it looks like something I would have made in elementary school. But it turns out it's a point of inspiration for these engineers because it contains story after story of customers whose lives have been saved by Honda's safety and innovation. They've got photos and and there's newspaper clippings, there's letters, reading the letters are so powerful. There's articles that have been published in newspapers and and you just name it, it's all in this binder. And Brian Bausch, who was there, he's the manager of automotive crash safety. He was telling me about a particular story from this scrapbook and a little bit about his own personal motivation for his work with Honda safety.
2: All of our restraint technologies are dealing around real-world problems and real-world situations in which people are losing their lives. As a father of five children, I try to share with them the passion and the dedication that myself and all my coworkers and colleagues display on a daily basis to make sure that they understand to be safe as possible. They've seen videos, they've actually come and watched some crashes here at, on Family Day, and we, we talk quite a bit about safety and driving. and. The very first car they had was a a 16 Civic with Honda Sensing, I couldn't put them in anything anything else. So I I tell my kids when they get in, don't ever see what I do, don't ever see what an airbag looks like because something bad has happened. We received a letter a couple years ago from a wife that was thanking us, thanking our staff, engineering staff here in Ohio for helping save her life, her husband's life, her two and a half year old son's life and she was pregnant at the time, so an unborn child. And then in addition, you throw in their dog that had survived the crash. It doesn't epitomize the safety for everyone any better than that, to be able to protect even an unborn child in that situation. So the pride and the sense of pride that we have in, in Ohio at the R&D Center with our, our engineers is, is through the roof and it's something that really epitomizes why we do what we do.
3: And you can imagine how this inspires these stories, right, of of how someone's life has been saved, or in this case, three lives, two lives yet, unborn, and a dog, are the types of things that fuel Honda safety engineers and their work every day. And I was reading through this. There are so many other stories just like this. For example, I had the chance to speak with Tim and Kelly Clark, and they shared their story with Honda engineers after Tim, who's a Louisiana law enforcement officer and former Marine, Experienced a horrifying car crash back in August.
4: One of the main things going through my mind is I need to get out of this vehicle because I don't know where I'm at. And what I didn't want to happen was come to stop right in the middle of the interstate.
3: Tim, I know you had left your house in your wife's Honda Pilot, right? You were heading to meet up with your teenage daughter. You were going to follow her home to make sure she was safe. Great dad points for you on that. And then all of a sudden a drunk driver going like ninety miles an hour rear-ends you on the freeway. So walk me through what happens next.
4: I was just cruising down the interstate, going about sixty-five or so miles per hour, just kind of you know, I guess for lack of a better term, minding my own business. However, in the lot of work I do, I kinda of, you know, my head's kind of always looking around, you know, trying to see what's going on around me. And it kind of gave me a, a bad feeling. When I saw the lights flash in my mirror, I was like, oh, something doesn't seem right. That's when it happened. I remember when I got hit from behind, the back of the car fished out a little bit. I, I rotated onto the driver's side door briefly and then onto the roof. I remember being inside, holding onto the steering wheel and it seemed like I was sliding forever. But in all actuality, I was probably only slid for maybe a minute. Cause I only went about a half mile, you know, a quarter mile, half mile down the road before the vehicle came to a stop. When the vehicle finally stopped sliding, I mean, I saw grass. It was almost like a sigh of relief. Like, okay, you know what? I don't know where I'm at, but I see grass. So therefore I know I'm not in the middle of the interstate right now. Now I can kind of catch my breath again and, you know, kind of go to the next step, which was, you know, to undo the seatbelt, which then that was when I. uh, The passenger side door opened and there happened to be a witness to it who saw everything happen. A gentleman and his wife came running up to the car, opened up the door, you know, started asking me, Hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And that's when I had to crawl across the, you know, the glass and dirt and grass and everything else, you know, kind of underneath the the curtain airbag and crawled out. Wow. And then. and then you take a selfie. I mean, like what,
3: like unbelievable moment you're out of the vehicle and it's like, okay, well, I just survived that. I mean, it, I imagine even being in the vehicle to turn around and look at it must've kind of taken your breath away.
4: Oh, absolutely. Um, when I, when I did crawl out, one of the first things I did was I kind of put my hands on my knees and kind of bent over and said some stuff to myself and, uh, yeah. on a, oh, you know, on the on the. Kind of in the same direction as, holy cow, I made it.
3: I don't even know what I would say to myself in that moment. I, I, my mind would just be reeling. And, and then what, Kelly? I imagine he called you. What was that like getting that phone
0: call? The whole way there, I didn't know what to expect or if he was even okay. He sounded like he definitely um, was stressed out about something, which in 20 years, I don't think I've ever really heard him be stressed about anything was having trouble kind of catching his breath. And then the phone was going in and out. And so he somehow got out that he had been in a crash. A drunk driver was involved. And that was really it. And so I immediately started panicking.
3: Oh, yeah, of course. I'm sure. I mean, I can only imagine what's going through your mind at that moment. Now, we actually learned about this story because you wrote a letter to Honda Safety Engineers about the whole Incident, would you be willing to read that for us?
0: August 24th, 2020. I'm writing this letter with hopes that it reaches everyone responsible for making Honda vehicles what they are today. From the bottom to the top of design, manufacturing, sales, and to the CEO himself. My husband and I purchased our first Honda a Civic together in 2003. Since then, we have also purchased two pilots and two CRVs with the most recently purchased CRV for our teenager's first car. Four months ago, I traded in my 2015 pilot for a 2020 seven-passenger touring for so many reasons. The first reason was because our family's car salesman, a man by the name of Elton Clivens out of Royal Honda in Metairie, Louisiana, became a friend through our sales and the only salesman I swore I would ever trust again. He's also backed by a great staff. The main reason, however, was because I loved everything about my previous pilot so much. The design, the family and safety features, everything. My husband is a Louisiana State Police Officer, so he has seen firsthand, and I have heard of, horrific crashes that have taken the lives of so many. My pilot, however, made us somehow feel safe. That feeling was tested unexpectedly this past Friday, August twenty-first, two 2020. Our teenage daughter had driven her CRV to a friend's house, and my husband, being the police officer, Marine veteran, and just great dad that he is, decided to drive out to meet her by her friend's house that evening so he could follow her home, just in case. He never made it to her that night. A drunk driver with an uninsured, unregistered vehicle and suspended license slammed into the back of him at an estimated 80 to 90 miles per hour while my husband was driving at about 67 miles per hour. The impact caused my pilot to fishtail, flip on its side, and then ultimately onto the roof. My pilot was sent spinning and spiraling further down the interstate for another quarter to a half a mile before crossing over a lane of traffic and slamming into a fence and tree along the I-10 West service road, still upside down. I'm sorry. My husband who has survived three combat deployments over a 19 year military career and seven years of law enforcement should have died that night as he hung upside down in his seat. One pole went through the roof of my pilot Another through a front portion of my windshield where a tree limb also still remains. Witnesses were able to get the passenger door open and miraculously he crawled out. He was obviously shaken, had some cuts and bruises, lots of aches and swelling in various places, but he is alive. The pictures and videos taken of it upside down that night and in the daylight right side up do not even do justice to the horrific images burned into our thoughts. I know that there was definitely a higher power with him that night, but I also know that your car protected him. Our first Honda, ironically, was erect by a drunk driver a day after our wedding in 2004. I always knew the car played a role in protecting us, but I really had no idea just how much until this past weekend. I am including 12 pictures below for you to see how your time, effort, and diligence saved my husband's life. There will never be enough words for me to properly thank you for protecting my family, and playing a major role in the reason my husband is still with me today. You should know that I have already spoken and sat with our favorite salesman, who was more concerned about my husband than a sale, to tell him that I will be replacing my beloved pilot with an exact replica. Well, minus the color, because I'm a little superstitious now. Seriously, thank you. God bless you all. Sincerely, Kelly and Timothy Clark.
3: Oh, what a letter, right? It was so sweet getting to interview Tim and Kelly. Uh, I love that they kind of allowed us to get this behind-the-scenes look. When we were interviewing them, they were each on an AirPod, so it was so sweet that they could respond and and talk about exactly how each of them was feeling in that moment. Uh, It was really fun. And, And you get, from that firsthand account, you get a sense of really how powerful these moments are. Uh, in in different people's lives and how important safety really is. Now, to wrap up their story, you should know that Kelly and Tim did, in fact, replace that pilot with another one. Kelly, as she said, being superstitious, went from white to black. Just in case. Just in case that helps. I don't know, but that's what she wanted to do, so it works. And, you know, I think their story is is such a good example, right? We really never know what's going to happen when we get behind the wheel. I mean, you think about what you tell your kids or what you think about yourself. Okay, Tim wasn't on his phone. He wasn't distracted. He wasn't speeding at all. And still, a crash occurred. And I think that's why it's so important and so comforting to know that Honda has this deep focus on building safety into all of their vehicles as they pursue safety for everyone, just as Brian Bausch told us as we were finishing our interview with him.
2: Crash safety is going to be around for a while, and it's going to play a big factor in in saving lives. And coupled with the active safety systems both of those the honda sensing and our passive safety systems working together is very important and as we advance the technologies we'll apply those to the vehicles all to get to our ultimate goal which is a collision-free society
3: collision-free sounds good to me okay guys those are all the honda stories we have for today thanks so much for coming with us going behind the badge And like always, if you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends about it because we've got a lot more coming your way. So make sure you subscribe. And if you have your own Honda story that we need to know about, tag us on social using hashtag Honda stories. And who knows? You could be on the show. I'm Bradley Hasemeyer. Have a great week and drive safely.